Welcome back, everyone. Thank you guys for joining us as we start a brand new week. The MMA weekend recap is in effect. It's Monday. But Dominic, the hangover from Saturday night mm. is pulling us back in. Mm -hmm. So hopefully you guys have some Pedialyte nearby, some blue Powerade, some... What else did I use? Ibuprofen. Yeah. <laughs> keep it close by. Because, Dominic, what we got Saturday was... From top to bottom, probably the best card of the year so far. And honestly, an all-time classic, top to bottom, great fights, great finishes. The main event, all-time classic, as I said. Yeah. An absolute war of a main event. The card was the first time being on pay-per-view in Singapore. And I think that the Singapore audience probably... I think Singapore... Gained a few MMA fans last night because yeah. what a card to make your debut for them. So uh, we are recording this a little early for us. You guys can't tell. You're getting it at the same time. It's Sunday at 1030 in the morning, though. And, you know, all right, easy there, early worms, like fucking <laughs> yelling, like, oh, that's not early. Okay, well, it's Sunday. All right, like, give me a break. We, we went to bed at, like, 230. Like, yeah, give, yeah. Give us a break. But we're doing it for a good reason. Dominic's little sister has a dance recital today. Good luck to her and the rest of the gals as they, well, dance. Yes, that, very true. I did, that, I did that intro better the second time than I did the first. So. <laughs> this is true. How, how are you feeling today on the come down right now? Yeah, as you said, the fight hangover is in full effect. Some Sundays they just hit 10 times harder than others, and that is one of those Sundays today, obviously Monday when you're hearing this. But uh, it was just such a great night of fights, one of those that will be uh, filled with talking points for the rest of the year as we continue on this latter half. What a great pay-per-view to finish out the first half of the year as we move into July with International Fight Week and everything coming up. So it was fantastic. I can't wait to break it down with you, give our thoughts and recap it all. But, yeah. Uh, it's going to be a good day. It's going to be a good week. Let's get right into it. I agree. Let's start with our main event, Dominic. But before we do, we got to plug our social media. <laughs> good catch. See? And, Dom and, and yep, I, I caught it. So therefore, yep. Dominic, you're the one that's going to say where they can find Cherry us. Cherry bomb. Yeah, so you can find <laughs> find us on Twitter, on Instagram, and on TikTok now, above my head, at BAJ underscore MMA podcast, and if Twitter. you're watching. And Wait, yeah. What did I say? You said Instagram and TikTok now. Oh, uh, Twitter, <laughs> Instagram, TikTok, OnlyFans. Um, <clears throat> anyway, um, so, um, yeah. And then if you're watching on YouTube, like the video, subscribe to the channel, ring the bell so you never miss an episode. If you're following us on audio platforms, give us a follow there. Give us a rating if you can. It helps boost the channel. Personally, you can find me at dsley 14 And for Noah over there to my sidekick, at ntbaker underscore. Did I cover all the bases? I think you did. And I think Dominic just called me the Robin to his Batman. And I'm I think okay you're the Batman to my Robin. Well, I was okay with that because, like, Robin's never the fat one. So, like, I was kind of like... Touche. Dominic telling me I'm looking slimming, perhaps. You <laughs> no, are just looking just lavish this morning. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, let's start with our main event, Dominic. Yes. Uh, Yuri Prohaska is our new UFC light heavyweight champion. As I said at the top, uh, one of the all-time classic fights. He gets it done yeah. with 28 seconds left. A submission win over the former champion, now Glover Teixeira. A lot of talking points 
through this whole card, but this fight, you know, no different. Let's start with the fight itself, and then we'll kind of break down each yeah. fighter here. So, the fight itself, Dominic, I want to ask you a question because everybody knows what we're going to say. The fight's amazing. It's yeah. an all-time classic, blah, blah, blah. I want to know from you, just gut reaction. I know you are the king of recency bias. <laughs> yes. That one. So, I feel like I, I feel like you're going to lean away here. But did we see the best light heavyweight fight of all time Saturday? Ooh. I mean, I mean, immediate reaction, truthfully, in my head, it's still John Jones versus Gustafson won. No that, way. No way. You, yeah. Really? I, I, that, that's like the only one that rivals this. You that know is, what I mean? Like it's, all it's, the it's other ones the aside, like. So, yeah, it comes down to those two. And if you want to really include recency bias, last night had last night had much more in terms of there was grappling, there were submission attempts, the transitioning, the ups and the downs, and every you felt the like there was a fit. Swings. Yeah, yeah, like whereas in Jones versus Gus, it was on the feet, it was a war. There, I mean, yeah, you could like I felt that Gus maybe even won that fight, but it was like there weren't as many X's and O's in that one as this one. So they're both just held him right here yeah the 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 jones gus won a great fight and i yeah. hate to like i'm the one being having reasons why <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> but the first fight when you really watch it back now like what made it so good was that gustafson was essentially written off as a guy who didn't really have much of a chance john Very jones true. dominant champion and he took john jones to the brink Brought a lot out of John Jones that we had not seen up to that point, and obviously yeah. created another star in Alexander Gustafson as like a true, th- you know, contender at yes. light heavyweight. But when you watch it, like, there's never a time that either guy looks like they're gonna be out. I mean, it's it's yeah. it's, it's 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 very you know what it's in a lot of ways it's Peter Jan versus uh, Corey, Corey Sandhagen. Yeah, and that was why that fight was like lower on my fight of the year rankings than mm-hmm. you had at your number one because yeah, you know I just I prefer a little more just a little bit more drama if I'm gonna yeah. pick and choose and nitpick like that. Um, so this fight, in my opinion, I'm yeah, fuck it, I'll shout it from the rooftops, people. <laughs> I think it's the best light heavyweight title fight, well, light heavyweight fight in UFC history, and I think it rivals pretty much any other top 10 fight in UFC history. Yeah. This fight was special. Yep. It was special. It, it was why we love this sport kind of all just wrapped up into one single fight. Amen. Yeah, Glover Teixeira, <clears throat> the aging wonder, the champion, 42 years old. You know, wondering how long can he keep this up? He's taking on a guy 13 years his el- younger, I almost said elder, <laughs> uh, Neri Prohaska. Prohaska looking to become the first champion from the Czech Republic. Um, you got a stylistic just dream of a fight here where Yuri being just a fantastic striker who carries one-punch knockout power Glover Teixeira, a great boxer in his own right, but in his age has really developed a full game where he can take you down and finish you via ground and pound or submission. Yeah. 
Um, and both guys on the reverse end looking like they wouldn't be able to hold up if the fight stuck too long in the other's realm. Yep. If the fight stood for long extended periods, we thought Yuri would get the better. And then if the fight was ever on the ground for extended periods, you thought Glover was going to have a pretty big advantage. And that did hold true, but both guys were very resilient in this yes. fight. Yeah. They just, the momentum swings explain that, you know. <laughs> what made this fight so awesome was it wasn't like Glover gets takedown and he had he got takedowns like three or four times in this fight, but every time he did, I don't think it ever just that wasn't just how the rest of the round went out. No, you know, Yuri would <laughs> Yuri would get his feet on the cage and he would push off and flip the position and then he's in top position and um, these some of these rounds were hard to judge. Yeah, just because yeah. like. You, You'd have Yuri dominating round two on the feet. And then with a minute and a half left, Glover gets the, the takedown and starts landing some great elbows, gets that cut above your Real nasty. I mean, yeah. Yeah, just like real just exclamation point at the yes. end of the round. Um, and then, you know, these guys, like, due to the output, due to just the the high level of what we were seeing, you know, they, they couldn't keep it at that pace forever but even in round four and five like these guys were still giving it their all and it seemed like glover was the fresher fighter at least yes. to the at first in round five because he starts landing bombs on yuri prohaska on the feet prohaska <laughs> not the speed not holding up it seemed like at that point he wasn't able to evade the shots like he did earlier mm -hmm. and um Glover nearly finishes that fight, makes a huge mistake, and goes for the the gilly. Yeah, um, that that probably cost him uh, championship uh, retained there. And then uh, once the fight's on the ground, though, again, like other momentum swings. But then Yuri getting that submission with no hooks in, less than a minute left in the fight. Crazy. Glover said he was spent. He had nothing left. He tapped out. And new. I mean, that's the beats of the fight right there, people. That is everything that you saw in this fight. And obviously, we can go into it uh, more from there. When you, gosh, like, I, I, I'm trying to think of kind of where to go. Like, with, with Glover to Shara. Yeah. I want to get your thoughts on Glover here. There was that, that nice little soundbite when Daniel Cormier is interviewing him after the fight. Uh, he asked kind of what's next because everybody's kind of known that Glover doesn't have a ton of time left. He's 42 years old. Yeah. And now he just lost his title. Are we going to get a second retirement of the night? Yes. After Joanna, who we'll talk about later. And Yuri said, well, did I look 42? And it was like, hell no. So my thoughts, my, my question for you, Dominic is be honest here. Did it's not a simple yes or no, but throughout this fight, did Glover Teixeira look 42 years old? No, no. If anything, he looked 24 years old. Flip the numbers. I mean, it's crazy the amount of just resiliency that this guy has, the full-on skill set that he has. Uh, yes, he got damaged a lot. Yes, he ended up getting finished and losing his belt. But my God, if it didn't come with him threatening with so many – I mean, there were so many – 
finishes that I thought were going to happen, and then they never happen, and just the momentum switches. It's crazy. I don't think I've ever seen that many in one single fight. It was absolutely insane. So, yeah, I mean, 42 years old to still look that damn good against a guy that is 13 years younger than you and a guy that hits like a brick shit house, and you just eat him and keep marching forward. It's unreal, dude, and I think he does fight one more time. That was kind of the narrative for him, and I was listening to, like, the embedded and stuff coming into this week. Mm-hmm. He's got room on his wall. I thought this was the perfect way he described it. He said he has this wall in his house and he has all the fight posters that he's been a part of. And he said the day that there's no more wall space is the day that he retires. And coming into this week, there was room for two more posters. So this fight and then one more. And I think after that performance, after that post fight interview where he seemed to have so much more life left in him, a little bit more to give to the uh, UFC, to the fans. I think we see him one more time, and damn it, he deserves one more fight too. I completely agree, and this is going to come off like maybe I'm uh, being somewhat negative to Glover, but I'm not. Uh, I think he definitely looked 42 for large portions of this fight. I mean, you can't be serious, Tom. He said he looked 24 years old. I mean, <laughs> Glover Deshera definitely looked his age at points here, like, Especially in the striking for most of the fight. I mean, he, 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 he was eating punches like a young fella. But the speed difference was a big problem for him for large portions of the striking. Um, Glover just, I think, where he showed more of a, a youth left in him, like what you're talking about, is, again, the resiliency, the chin. Stuff that we didn't expect to hold up. You know? Yeah. The, I mean, my big question that was in my head was, how hard does Anthony Johnson hit that he knocked yeah, out no over in like 10 seconds? Because Yuri Prohaska hits fucking hard, man. And he was yeah. landing uppercuts and straight rights. I mean, he was landing it all. Glover definitely looked his age at points here, but it didn't matter because he was so sure. resilient. He showed... A lot of toughness, a lot of grit throughout this fight. Um, where I, it's so weird. We, what I didn't expect was what kind of let him down was his fight IQ. That that seems yeah. to be what sort of let him down here. And really, you could argue that for both fighters. Like it seemed like both guys, as great as this fight was, as great as both guys were, you know. Glover less so, but Yuri was very negative about his performance here, despite mm-hmm. winning the title. And I'm not going to be negative on this performance. I mean, they they both fought amazing. It's just in the heat of the battle and when instincts were taking over, there were a lot of mistakes being made on both sides. And mm-hmm. those mistakes ultimately cost Glover the fight, in my opinion. You look at the hurting nearly finishing Yuri on the feet, and he jumps on that guillotine. That was a big mistake. Um, I feel like there was another one. I think well, even was, like just shooting for a takedown in general, I think maybe even round four, he had Yuri up against the fence, wobbling, and went for a takedown. And people were like, well, what are we doing? Why, why are we well, shooting for a takedown? Yeah, I don't know about that. <laughs> but I do know that uh, I think there were a few times, or a couple times, when he had the mount, he's landing vicious ground and pound and then he would kind of stop like as as mm-hmm. if to you know save a little energy yeah but i almost felt like if he just went kept going for a few more seconds like the ref might jump in 
Yeah. Just because, I mean, that's a very vulnerable position for Yuri to be in. But, um, you know, it's, it is, this is, this is all, I guess, in some ways hindsight. And I I don't want to focus too much on that because of how great the fight was, but it was just surprising, I guess. For Yuri, I could fully, (laughs) if you would have told me fight IQ was his letdown, I'd probably believe you. Not that I don't think he's a smart fighter. I just think that his style is so unpredictable and, wacky or whatever you want to call it that i could completely see him doing something that he shouldn't and it you know he gets caught or uh gets put in a very vulnerable position i think his problem was he would hurt glover on the feet so many times but he would get too overzealous and overextend and that's when glover would reach for the takedown and likely get it that happened multiple times through rounds one through three Mm -hmm. um but again what both credit to both guys for once the fight was in a certain position, whether it's on the ground, on the feet, they didn't get complacent. They kept trying to find ways to give themselves the upper hand. And that's why this is like, you, you worded it good on Twitter, Dom afterwards, where you said like, this is the kind of fight that Mm. you show someone to make them an MMA fan. I mean, this is the kind of fight that like, you know, for me, it was like a Dan Henderson, Hector Lombard at UFC 199 or a Michael Bisping getting that title in that nobody saw coming against Luke Rockhold. That's what I sticks out to me as like fights that kept me a fan for life. And um, for someone, this fight will definitely be that fight that like yeah keeps them coming back. It's, 100%. It's, it's the perfect storm in a lot of ways, you know. Yeah, every every possible I feel like scenario you could think of in an MMA fight happened in 24 minutes and 32 seconds last night. It was absolutely unbelievable stuff. Unbelievable. <clears throat> yeah. So Yuri Prohas heavyweight. Your thoughts? You know, he was 28 seconds away from losing the fight. Losing. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, on the judges' scorecards, he was down on two of the three scorecards. The other one had it tied going into the fifth round. And if that fight rides out without a without a tap there, I, I wonder if Glover gets that round too because he had won most of that round mm-hmm. before mm-hmm. that. So Erie loses the fight if that goes the next 28 seconds. Um, I don't know what my question is here. <laughs> I just kind of want to know what you're thinking about Yuri Prohaska as your champion. Does it feel, does it feel any certain way to you? Do you feel like it's a a big, a big, uh, just like a a big moment for him and his third UFC fight to capture gold like that? Or do you feel like maybe it's a bit of a fluke or I mean, just what, what, what goes through your head when, when Yuri Prohaska gets that belt wrapped around his waist? Oh, just a it's a fantastic story. Obviously, it shows the globalization of MMA and the sport. First champion ever from the Czech Republic inside the UFC. He gets it done in emphatic fashion in an amazing fight, one that he was down in, likely to lose on the scorecards. I didn't even know that about the scorecards. I'm glad you pointed that out. Um, and it feels like also a guy, Yuri, that can put together two, three, four, five title defenses or go out in his first defense and get knocked out within 30 seconds. I don't know what's going to happen during this title reign, but I know that it's going to be a fun ride while it lasts. It's so exciting to have this new fresh blood uh, at the heap, at the top of the division. I'm just excited to see what he can do with it. 
now I'm going to get instant thoughts here, or I guess as you know, 12 hours later, instant thoughts, however you want to word it. The fight was so good. Yep. Glover Teixeira, 28 seconds away from retaining that belt. Do you run this fight back? Oh, I, oof. Immediate reaction, no. I don't think they would run it back. Would I be upset if they ran it back? No. But I think Jan was there for a reason watching the fight. And also, what I thought was interesting, in Dana's interview with Brett Okamoto this week, he said that Ankalaya versus Anthony Smith would be a number one contender fight. So I don't know if he just forgot about Jan or if he was like, that's next up after Jan. I don't really know what's going to happen. But no, I don't think that fight will get ran back. I mean... If you're in Dana White's shoes, is that the fight you make, though? Do you run it back, or do you stick with Jan, or do you do the winner of Anthony Smith on Kalayev? Yeah, I would do the latter, too. I would go, it sucks, man. Like, I wouldn't be opposed to Jan getting it. It just stinks that he won that fight against Rakic, but Rakic blew his fucking knee out, and that's yeah, how he got I, the win, you know? Well, like, so to me... Just... Go ahead. I'm sorry. sorry. I was I just going to say, Ankalaev Smith... Feel, would feel more like a number one contender than Jan Blachowicz, even though Jan Blachowicz is number one right now and coming off of a TKO win, technically. I'm pretty sure Dana's never said Jan would be number one contender. I'm actually, I actually think he kind of said the opposite. It seems that everybody else is... Jan said he's the number one contender. Glover said he would be the number one contender. Yuri, last, at, at Saturday night... Uh, I guess they, they had some words on his way back, and he blew him a kiss, which was pretty funny. Uh, but Dana himself is not committed to that. He is committed to Ankaliyev Smith being a number one contender fight. So that is an interesting problem to have. I think it's yeah. a good problem to have for light heavyweight that you have so many options. But I'm just going to – I'm not sh- sure. I'm going to talk my way through it. But I am going to play a little devil's advocate for Glover Teixeira to get that immediate fight. Dominic, he was 28 seconds away from winning. Mm-hmm. From winning the belt. And it's one of the best fights we've ever seen. Mm-hmm. He doesn't have much left, at least fight-wise. But I think there's a great re- – I, I almost think there's more reason to run that fight back than to do Yuri versus Jan Blachowicz. Yeah, I would say Glover probably after that fight deserves it more than Jan. But I think winner of Ankalaev Smith should get the next shot. Yeah. I what I think is going to happen, I would probably say Jan is in the driver's seat right now. I think there's a lot of pressure on Yeah. Well, I don't know if I would say Jan's in the driver's seat, but let me say this. Let me say this. There's a lot of pressure on Ankalaev and Anthony Smith to deliver. Someone that's true. Akhlaev cannot do to Anthony Smith what he did to Tiago Santos. Yeah. Anthony yeah. Smith can't. I mean, Anthony Smith always brings it. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, I, can't, I don't really have a good example for Anthony <laughs> right. Smith. But pressure on Akhlaev the, here. <laughs> there's pressure on Anthony Smith to win the fight for sure. <laughs> yeah. Because Akhlaev yeah. is, you know, he, he is a huge threat. And yeah. most are kind of thinking this guy could be a title holder. Uh, for Anthony Smith, there is a big redemption story for him. Oh man, uh, he, he 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 actually made a, an appearance on the Ringer MMA show, uh, their post show last night. He popped in on the call. He happened to be on there, and um, kind of what he what he said was it kind of sucked to watch Glover lose because he felt like that was his redemption story. Oh, because 
Glover, you know, that's the fight where he was knocking Anthony's teeth out. It was yep. really ugly, just pretty rough fight to watch, honestly, because he just got beat up for the majority of it. And he said that would show how much he'd improved if he could come back a couple years later and defeat Glover, look better, you know. Um, but I, I don't even know if that's – I don't – that's – Glover can't really be painted out as like a like a villain type or like a – final boss type so i don't really think that storyline would be played up too much for anthony mm-hmm. smith like for that fight but yeah. i love the idea of anthony smith or on fighting yuri prohaska i think that's great matchmaking i think it'd be great fight yeah i, I think yablahovich and yuri is a great fight i think if you run this fight back there's a lot of sense in the world to do it i think it's a good problem to have a light heavyweight truthfully Oh yeah! Like oh yeah! If you made me pick, like if you said which fight do I want to see most, um, it's going to depend on how the winner of Ankalaev Smith performs. Yeah, yeah. If Ankalaev again, if he does the same thing he did to Tiago, like kind of this meh, decision win, kind of lackluster fight. Then I think you, I, I would pick to run the fight back between uh, Glover and Yuri, mm-hmm. just because it's the, one of the best fights we've ever seen. Glover so close to retaining, getting yeah. better in most rounds in that fight. I feel like there's a lot of people call, that would call for it, that would want to see that fight run again. And then if Glover wins, then you have a trilogy. Yeah, true and stuff like that. Um, Jan, I think, is one away. Now, would I be upset if Jan gets the title fight? No, because he was a good champion, and he did what he had to do. He got a win against Rakic, but yeah. you can't help the fact Rakic, his, his knee blows out. I mean, yes. That's what yeah. happened. Jan didn't really win the fight. Rakic was just unable to continue. Right. So a win's a win, but I would say, like, if Ankalaev goes out there and smokes Anthony Smith, then I say you run Glover and Jan back, and then you put Ankalaev in a title fight with Yuri. That's what I would That would be good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think Jan's, like, right there again, but uh, a lot of interesting matchups. So, so you're, right now, if you had to pick, are you going to winner Ankalaev Smith, or do you think it kind of does depend on how they perform? I... In a way, it does depend on how they perform, just because, especially like recency bias, Ankalaev's last fight against Santos was a Debbie Downer, but most fights with Tiago Santos have been Debbie Downers lately, regardless of who the opponent is. So, yeah, winner of that fight to me right now, that's, that's, I mean, you got to just look at the win streaks too, like in terms of like who deserves it. Ankalaev's won like seven or eight in a row. It would be eight or nine. Anthony Smith's having a career resurgence. He's won three in a row, albeit a stoppage. Winner of that fight, yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, more on this fight to come, maybe. Did you make a graphic for the bet slip? I did, but I didn't know if you wanted to share it, so it's there if you want it. <laughs> well, we'll, we'll see, see how, how we're feeling. feeling. <laughs> <laughs> maybe more on this fight to come. Yeah, yeah. Uh, let's talk about the co-main event, Dom. Uh, <clears throat> for the women's flyweight title, by the skin of her teeth, Valentina Shevchenko retains, makes that seven title defenses. With a split decision win yeah. over Tyler Santos, your immediate reactions, Dom, like your twelve hours later reactions. Yeah. Uh, did the judges get this one right? You know, how did you score it? How did you feel about the 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 decision? 
And how surprised were you in, you know, Tyler Santos, I guess, giving Valentina her toughest test to date at flyweight? Yeah, this fight showed, I think, obviously we all know that Valentina's great, yada, 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 seven title defenses. I think this fight showed how good Taylor Santos is. Not to mention, her orbital bone is likely broken, and she still fought two and a half rounds with it that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, this was a great performance for her, a standout performance for Santos. Yes, she came up short on the judges' scorecards. I, if I'm not mistaken, I actually scored it three to two for Santos, actually. But there was, and I keep blanking, I'm going to have to watch this fight again. But there was, it was, I think it was round two was the round where I'm like, Fuck. I'm looking around the room. We were like 10 people watching last night. And I'm like, I don't know who won that round. I don't know who won that round, but I'm, I'm thinking Taylor Santos won that round. Either way, regardless, because every week I feel like there's a judge's scorecard that we have to talk about lately. It's a mess right now in judging. A 4-1 to one card for either fighter, but especially Valentina last night, is unbelievable. It's a terrible scorecard and so this is what happened when they read 49 46 on that third judge i said oh santos did it santos did win and they gave it to valentina i think that says it all right there so terrible four to one scorecard but i if valentina won wasn't going to be surprised if taylor won wasn't going to be surprised that's what i said when the final bell rang that's how i still feel today but that scorecard fucking terrible we don't know how to judge fights judges don't know how to judge fights it's ridiculous yeah my my confidence in judging fights is lower than my betting confidence which is <laughs> that's saying a lot <laughs> which my betting confidence is probably the equivalent of our year-to-date units which is yeah. less than zero by the way so yeah yeah there's a lot of that was a lot of steps to get there but basically negative confidence okay yeah that's that's yeah. what i'm trying to say um let me just say, I'm not going to harp on the scorecards here. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to say it's a robbery or no, nothing like that. But I do want to give my honest thoughts. I saw pretty much everybody on Twitter saying that they saw it 48-47 either way. The majority, yeah. I would say, did score it for Santos. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But it seemed like everybody was like, but I would be okay with 48-47 Valentina. Yeah. That seemed to be the, the popular opinion. When the scorecards got read and it was all said and done, Dom, I had the same exact feeling at the end of this fight as one fight previously. And I'm going to get your thoughts when I say it because it's it had a, a much different reaction to the scorecards than this one did. John Jones versus Dominic Reyes. Mm. Mm. That was my feeling here. Yeah. I, I can't... Okay. I, I understand we're running into this every week, you know, this this now like in my brain, I, I'm making sure it's in my brain when I'm trying to judge these fights or score them live, you know, myself, that damage trumps all, right? That That is what, damage is what matters. Yeah. Admittedly, the first three rounds, Tyler Santos had a lot of control time, yes. a lot of dominating positions on the ground. Not a lot of damage, not a lot of ground and pound being thrown. Yeah. Uh, did have her back for one of those rounds, had a few submission attempts there, but you would have to argue if it was, if you went off the striking in rounds one through three, Valentina, even though there wasn't much of it, did just a bit more. Yeah. Yeah. But 
by the I by the scorecards criteria that the the first thing is effective striking and grappling, but then it does go to aggressiveness and octagon control. And Dominic, I don't see where in rounds one through three someone I, I want someone to kind of tell me in rounds one through three where was the the difference in the and the damage in the striking for Valentina that it could make up for the dominance that most for most of the time dominance that Taylor showed in her ground game. Yeah. I just in rounds one through three, I did not see a single round where the striking made a difference. There wasn't right. enough of it. I mean, sometimes, I don't know which round, if it was round two or three or what, but pretty sure Taylor got the takedown like very quickly, and there was like hardly any exchanges in that round. So I'm like, how, how is this, you know? Right. Being, Help me understand, you know? Yeah, like everybody was in agreement, including yourself, I believe, that 48-47 either way was fine. Yeah, and I wasn't mad at the scorecards, but I was like kind of surprised. I really thought Taylor had done it. I thought that was it. Yeah. So it was kind of like wow. And then I saw the reactions online. I'm like, wow. Well, I guess I'm wrong because you know I really thought the rounds that everybody won were pretty clear. Yeah, yeah. Like that. That's a good point. It felt like yeah. So to me, truthfully, round one felt clear, Taylor. Round three was clear, Taylor. Four, five, obviously, for Valentina. And I'm looking at the scorecard now. I had to pull it up because I didn't get to see it. The judge that gave 48-47 to Valentina, they gave her round two. Obviously, the one that gave it to Taylor gave her round two. And then we have the judge that gave it four rounds for Valentina. So he gave her round one as well. Disregard that scorecard because that's bad. But it was round two. And that's what I was trying to remember. The round one scorecard... The one with the forty nine forty six Clemens mm-hmm. we- Clemens Warner yeah is the yeah. judge's name so he gave her that round off of the you know when she when when, when Taylor had her back Valentina was like throwing pretty good yeah shots. she was hitting her hard I remember that so yeah. that's why he gave her that round and I even said at the end of that round I'm like guys. That like, was a Taylor round, right? I, <laughs> like, but you're like, like cause someone safe risk. <laughs> yeah, because I'm like, the, there's no more dominant of a position in grappling than to have someone's back. So yeah, she say. got the back mount with the body triangle, too. Yeah. yeah. So even though she's not landing damaging shots. And she was threatening with the rear naked, too. Help, help me. Yeah, help. yeah. Help me to help you, okay? Yeah. Like I just, I, I, I just—that's the feeling I had was John Jones, Dominic Reyes, and you know the outcry from that fight. I'm not yeah. like I wasn't, I wasn't surprised Valentina got the scorecards, but the reason why I thought she got the scorecards in her favor was because of the respect people had for her as being a dominant champion, not necessarily because she did enough to win same with john jones and dominic reyes yeah, it's like that yeah. argument to be the champ you got to beat the champ you know yeah, yeah i hate that argument but you know it's like people act like you have to dominate a champion or finish a champion in order to take right. the belt that a that a close decision should not go to a challenger and that's just kind of silly in my opinion yeah but yeah <clears throat> um 
let's talk about what's next for for these two. And of course, I, I think I think it's pretty clear, right? You run this fight back. Yeah, that's my I mean, reaction, Dom. Because that's actually a good point. You can't. We can't look. It's if if Valentina had lost that decision, obviously you run it back because Valentina, yeah, of course, being a of long course. champion. And I'm usually not one to propose an immediate rematch when a champion successfully defends their title. It's just like kind of a it's a weird dynamic, right? That a challenger yeah. loses and it's like, well, they need a they deserve another opportunity right away. But here the big difference in those rounds four and five was that Taylor Santos only had one working eye and it was from yeah. a clash of heads that caused it. Yes. Incidental not Valentina's fault, but those two rounds could have went much different if Taylor Santos is still working with both eyes. And yep. because of that, there's a, I still thought she won the fight. Yeah. But because Valentina gets the, the nod and gets her belt, I do think that there's enough of a, I think there's a mixture of things here. One, I think you have enough, I don't want, controversy is the word I'm going to use, but that's not, Everybody seemed to be pretty respectful on the whole thing. Yeah. But there's yeah. enough of a controversial element to that fight to where you run it back. And there's just nobody at Flyweight who is, like, in, in demand for a title fight. You know, yeah. Jukagi and not going to get it. So, yeah. um, I guess, Dominic, there were those other options Valentina has mentioned about perhaps going up, fighting Amanda Nunes, fighting Juliana Pena. Do you think that her eyes are still going to be set on that, or do you think that she can be uh, convinced or otherwise, you know, uh, interested in running it back with Santos? I think, man, that's the thing with Valentina. She just seems so open to do whatever. Like, I'll go do this, I'll go do that. You just give me a name, I'll sign the contract. So I think she would take this rematch. I think, if anything, too, the way that she is, hey, you almost lost your belt. This was a close fight. Do you want to go out in a rematch and try and put a stamp on it, solidify you are that good? Uh, yeah, I'm not opposed at all to a, a rematch. Like Noah said, it's just the really the biggest thing going in Taylor's favor. Obviously, she almost won the fight, clearly. But there's no other clear-cut front runners in this division right now. There's a lot on the come-up. There's a lot of good talent, but they're not there right now. So, I mean, there wasn't like... I, if Taylor's orbital bone's broken, then obviously that puts a wrench in things. But if it is just some crazy swelling that can go down damage wise, wasn't too insane. If you take that headbutt away. So hopefully it's not a broken orbital bone and they can run it back soon. Cause yeah, I mean, unless Manon Fior starches Caitlin Jukagian, there's no one else. Uh, and I don't even think that would give her the claim over, over Taylor. Taylor. Yeah. I would agree. Like to me, I just feel like there's enough of a, like that's enough of a case. Like there's a clear, thing that was technically illegal you know clash of heads not illegal like I, i'm not saying valentina did it on purpose but it there is an an element that should like that is not a legal maneuver and yeah. that completely made a difference in the rest of that fight so yeah. it, it just seems likely that you run this fight back and man you got to think valentina is going to be favored in that second fight but i don't know man that that's a, that's going to be a I mean, that, definitely won't be no minus six thirty and going into no. It. She was already, Taylor was already like the biggest uh, or the, the smallest underdog. Yeah, uh, since uh, Valentina fought Joanna back when she won the title. Yeah, 
Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, crazy. Um, more on this fight to come if we decide to talk about <laughs> our bet slip. Yeah. Uh, let's get into our featured bout, the rematch of the best women's fight of all time, Zhang Weili versus Joanna Young Jacek. Uh, Dominic, no judges required for this one. Weili gets the KO with the spinning back fist. Mm-hmm. I saw the those boys at Barstool spinning back fist. I saw they posted that uh, the, the the gif of uh, Leonardo DiCaprio on the couch <laughs> pointing at the screen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pretty kind of a nice. You make your podcast a name after a move, and it happens in a fight like yeah. that. I mean, that's pretty sick. So that's clever. Spinning back fist ends it in the second round. Two minutes twenty eight seconds uh, in three seconds before the huh. over one and a half cashes. Uh, no reason to mention that. But uh, all right, Dom, this fight. We know what what this fight had working against it. It's only three rounds, mm-hmm. no title on the line this time, and the fact that the first fight was one of the best fights of all time. A lot working against this fight actually living up to any expectations. But in your opinion, did it live up to expectations? And I'll let you even continue to just talk about your thoughts as this fight was you know, transpiring what was going through your head while watching. <laughs> that these ladies were going for another fight of the night contender. <laughs> That's that was my first thought. But uh honestly, man, how good did Zhang Wei we <laughs> Zhang Wei Li look last night? Listen, I know Joanna's been out for two years. She's contemplated retirement, yada yada yada, but she had a five month training camp for this fight. She was full bore, it seemed pretty clear for this fight. And Zhang Wei Li is just getting better and better she looked so good this training camp she wasn't even with henry cejudo and she still looked like she had been improving in her grappling and wrestling i mean she is an absolute stud a beast and then to do a spinning back fist and face plant joanna like that i mean what more do you want she's gonna get a title opportunity to get her belt back for a second time. Uh, and it's much deserved. You can't go out there and do that to Ioana and not get a title shot. I'm sorry, Marina. I love you. But now you just have to fight Rose for a number one contender fight. Cause Whaley's going to fight Carla. That's the way it's got to, the cookie's got to crumble. This was an amazing fight. And I, Ioana, of course we see her retire afterwards. Gut wrenching for many reasons. Noah was really hurting last night. I felt for Noah so bad. But then when she retires afterward, and, you know, this is someone that, you know, six title defenses, one of the most dominant champions we've ever seen in terms of title reigns, was always in fun fights, it seemed like. Uh, To go out like that, it's tough, but it felt like a good swan song at the same time. She said she wants to be a mother. She wants to pursue other things. She's turning 35 this year. She felt the time was right, uh, and it did feel right uh, after losing that way, closing the rivalry, too, kind of at the same time. It just it, it felt good at all aspects of the fight for both ladies. Yeah, this fight was completely lived up, oh, which yeah. is such a surprise in its own right. Like, yeah, I put it on the, my list of contenders for surprise fight of the year. Like, I mm-hmm. I really was trying to reserve my expectations. Yeah, due to a lot of the factors you just mentioned, Whaley had even though she looked good in her last fight against Rose. Hasn't won since the first fight. Joanna hasn't yep. fought since the first fight. Both may come in here looking to 
reserve a little bit of their, you know, attack. Yoana, maybe a bit of ring rust. Yeah. Maybe, you know, maybe due to a little lack of confidence. That's not how this fight played out at all. No. Uh, John Wei Lee came out super aggressive. Uh, she looked big and for this fight. So too. strong, just, man. Just a, yeah. And the strength was a big difference for her early, able to get takedowns on Yoana, which has always been something that nobody could do to Yoana. Yeah. That's a something not being looked at enough. Is hundred percent. Lee was able to get those takedowns pretty with, with the, I mean, with little effort, but you know, she got him. She got her down. Yes. And um, Yoana, for her credit, I thought looked pretty good here. Uh, mm-hmm. I think this bigger story is. Wei Li being yes, just, I think, I think this fight and maybe I'll you know what I'll even ask you this question to cut I'll cut myself off because we know how good this fight is. Are we in agreement that this fight, the result, and everything that took place here said more about Wei Li's improvements than it did about Joanna? Any sort of uh, slide from Joanna here? Oh, I think so. I think she. Yeah. I mean, because, like, she won the title in dominant fashion, right? Whaley, this is. She got knocked out by Rose in the first round relatively quickly. She looked great. And then the rematch with Rose, neck and neck, she could have won that fight and looked better this fight than that fight. We only saw a round and a half, a little under a round and a half of action from Zhang Whaley. Um, she, she looks incredible. The best we've ever seen her. She's 32, right at the tail end of her prime, in her prime years. Um, she looks primed to, no pun intended, get that title back and actually put a reign together. Uh, Carla Sparza's got a uh, a battle coming. She's not yeah. John Lee is not going to go in there the way that Rose did against Carla. She does not give a shit, and I, I can't wait to see that fight. To be truthful, <laughs> was this knockout of the year? Or do you, I mean, this is recency bias, or do you feel like Michael Chandler or huh. McCann or um, someone else may still have it? I mean, it's there. What do we do? Four contenders in the at the Joey's. Yeah, we do four. Right now, she's in the top four. Two of them are spinning back fists. Two of them are from women, which is so badass. Um, I don't know if it's number one yet, but it's gonna be a it's gonna be a tough discussion at the end of the year. Technically, Molly McCann was a spinning back elbow, right? Eh, I guess there was some spinning <laughs> shit going on. There was some spinning shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's an interesting discussion for sure. Uh, I saw Molly tweeted. She's like, "Damn it, now my, <laughs> yeah. now my, yeah. my finish is isn't the best." And I'm like, "Well, there can be more than one." I mean, come on, yeah. Molly. Like, yeah. Let's, chivalry's not dead. We can we can have right. multiple women on the knockout of the year list. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. It was it was really uh, it came it was so unexpected. And you know, oh, dude, yeah. Let me let me just say. I'm gonna I'm gonna acknowledge it now instead of waiting till the the bet slip. But I I thought about this a lot because I yeah. had as part of a, a parlay piece, which wouldn't have hit either way because true uh, Yuri because Yuri Glover did not go under two and a half rounds. But <laughs> me and Dominic had a long discussion on this podcast about. Uh, What's the word? Betting. Uh, etiquette. Etiquette. Thank you. And Dominic has been really good since then. He just it's only been like up. two weeks. <laughs> he just stays quiet. It's great. Yeah. He doesn't. Yeah. I mean, we talk a lot on there, but 
Yeah. He doesn't say, no, you got this in the bag, brother. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But. I'll never do that again. <laughs> but. But. There was a part of me that was sitting there and I thought about it late. And I'm like, Dominic was watching this with people. Dominic gets real excited when he's watching fights with people. And this was a great fight. I said, so I have a theory on why this fight will stop oh, two boy. seconds before my minute and a half, my over minute and a half hit. I think that when there was about 10 seconds before it, I bet you were talking to whoever and you're like, oh yeah, Noah's over. It's about to hit, so he's good. And I... then sure enough, two <laughs> seconds left. Spinning back fist knocks her out. Tell me yeah. I'm wrong. No, I promise you, I did never, I never said anything about you having it locked up. You have my word. Um, I, so I was watching. Kind of no, no, to I, get those words out there. I was saying. watching with a lot of people, so I'm like breaking down when the fights are starting. This is what we've got going on. This we had bets on like every main card fight last <clears> night, <throat> so um, I think like and none of them I, hit, yeah, none of them hit. <laughs> and I was telling them, like, yeah, no one needs this to go over one and a half when that fight was going on, or at the end of the first round, I'm like, he needs this to go over one and a half, and then she literally. The spinning back fist landed, and I I looked at I think it was Jordan to my immediate right, and I'm like, dude, that what well, Branson sent a text in the group chat when that happened, and I Noah I defended I literally looked at him and I said, Jake, you're gonna fucking piss Noah off if you keep texting <laughs> like this because I knew I knew how bad that had to hurt. We've had some some tear jerkers in the betting this year. It's been tough. Yeah. We get it. It's our first it's year. Second quarter. It's it's chalked, yeah. But to to have again, hindsight the parlay doesn't hit regardless, which helps a little, but still, like the fact that you were three seconds away and for it to happen with the spinning back fist face plant, I mean I could, in your shoes last night when that fight happened, I can't imagine what flowed yeah. through your veins. I can't. I can't. Well, Tom, you know what's so weird was I surprisingly like it was the straw. Like I texted you and I said, "This is the straw." <laughs> yeah. and I didn't even say anything else, but I think everybody knows what I meant by that. Yeah. But for some reason, I couldn't even be mad, and I don't know if it's yeah. because I've just gotten so used to the utter failure, pain. <laughs> Yeah, or if it was because I just was so enamored with the fight I had just watched and the knockout. Yeah, I feel that, that, dude. I feel that. It, it kind of like with the Yuri Glover main event. I wasn't even that mad. Like yeah, I was texting I, yes. it just because it's so funny just how bad we did. Yeah, but yes. like like we were we were actively trying to win money, and yeah. we didn't win. Like and we literally lost every dollar we had. Like, yeah, was, we lost a lot of money. Yeah. But, but um, like people literally could have like you could have had a baby or no a dog you know you you put two bets out each with dog food in it and the dog would like eat out of one it's like okay that's my play yeah. they would have done a lot better than we <laughs> yeah it feels like you that you could have had a baby put bet bet shapes into the holes yeah and and pick bets that way would've and they did better last baby. night yeah. Yeah. They are better at sports betting than we are. A baby and a golden retriever. What's that say about right. us? I now, don't know, but it's not good. 
Regardless, that's we're not even at the bet slip yet. Yeah. I'm already talking about it. But I couldn't be mad just because of what we saw. It was a great night. Yeah, of course. A fucking weird night. I mean, Stranger Things Season 4 just came out. This was a Stranger <laughs> Things UFC pay-per-view. It just it was the <clears> upside <throat> down, every fight, everything was like not what I thought it was going to be at all. Valentina's nearly losing her title. Yeah. You know, Yuri and Glover going the distance, and then Yuri gets his first submission win since 2014. <laughs> I said on this show, I thought it was more likely that Glover would walk across the cage and dick punt Yuri and get a DQ loss than a Yuri getting a submission win. Yeah. And Dominic said, famous last words. <laughs> and, I was, <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I said, I'll literally throw myself off the balcony if that happens. Well, I'm still I'm here. glad you did. I'm still here because yeah. I'm dedicated. I'm dedicated to you guys, so I'm still yes. here. You know, that's why. Yes. So you can thank me now. Hashtag thank you, Noah. But um, anyways, <laughs> let's, let's, let's wrap up this fight because it was a great yeah. fight. Yeah. John Way Lee, though, Dom. Carlos Barza is next for that title. Dana made it very clear this fight was a number one contender fight, which I thought did add a little bit of a little bit of stakes to it, you know, even more than maybe there was. I mean, it's a big fight either way, but knowing it's a number one contender fight did something here. Your early thoughts on Carlos Barza versus Zhang Wei Li? I mean, a, a little bit of hinting at it already for me at the beginning of the discussion, but yes, like, I, we know what Carla's going to do. You never really know what Zhang Wei Li's going to do, but we know that she is so good everywhere right now that I don't think she's going to give a shit what Carla has to offer. And, uh, I mean, when has Zhang Wei Li not just came out like a bat out of hell? Like, even the rematch with Rose, a lot more technical and, like, precise, but she knows, like, when to explode and capitalize, man. So I think it's actually intriguing because Zhang Wei Li will make it intriguing. Um, that That's an awesome fight. And again, I, I have to say this one more time, just so everyone is clear. I I love Marina Rodriguez and the in the streak that she's on, and I felt that she deserved it up until a spinning back fist knockout. She has to fight Rose if she wins that. There's no more excuses. But Zhang Wei Li is the number one contender, much deserved. You guys hear that? Dominic was the president of the yeah. Marina Rodriguez a title fight fan club. So yep. anybody else who subscribed to that fan club. Your leader just left you in the dust. That feel. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, guys. <clears throat> but, yeah, uh, more on this to come. I mean, I kind of just said my piece on the whole betting thing. But we'll, we'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll give it a nice little cherry on top later. Uh, let's talk about some things we missed, Dom. Just a few little news stories here to that kind of popped up. Still not a lot of news going on. But Mm-mm. these fights were so big, we don't even need it. Um, on the broadcast... We did see that the Contender Series Season 6 starts oh. July 27th, going for 10 straight weeks. Oh, oh. What's your, what's your excitement? Scale 1 to 10. It's beautiful. Our baby's back. I'm so excited to watch more Contender Series. Those Tuesday nights, there's just something about that Tuesday night action, man. It's just so special. Um, so I'm excited, of course. We've had, we've had a lot of discussions lately about the Contender Series. Check out Verbal Sparring from last week. Shameless plug. But Oh, real um, quick, though. Did you realize July 27th is a Wednesday? They're moving it a day. Okay. Oh, Wednesday night Contender Series. Hump day fights. Actually, I can stay up late on Wednesday night, so which it's even better. Know, which I'm just going to say kind of sucks because we record on Wednesdays. Oh, that is tough uh, timing. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah. But, you know, we'll just have to talk about them on the recap. We'll recap it. Yeah, right, right. But uh, I'm excited. You 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 know that. And uh, I'm excited to see what talent we will see come through this season. That's all I can say. Yeah, completely agree. I think it's the best uh, pro- prospect farming <laughs> show yeah. that the UFC has going. They have a lot of them. Let's talk about the new one. Mm-hmm. Uh, debuting mm-hmm. on UFC Fight Pass, the new Road to UFC. I have to... It's very hard for me to say the title of this show because I want to say Road to the UFC. Yeah. But the title is Road to UFC. Yeah. Let's make that clear. No the. No the. Um, so Road to UFC had their first four episodes come out, Dom. We started with 32 fighters. Uh, this, this, of course, was uh, being filmed. Uh, the fight's taking place in... Um, why am I blanking? Singapore. Yes, Singapore, where we were just at for the pay-per-view. Yeah. Um, all the best talent in Asia being kind of put in this tournament, four different weight classes. We started with 32 fighters. Um, did you have a chance to watch any of Road to UFC? And if so, uh, I'm going to give you another scale here, even though the last question you completely skipped over my 1 to 10. But... Oh shit! Uh, let me, let me just say, yeah, I, I figured it was kind of dumb for me to ask. You know, was, on a scale of, um, let's go with the scale of PFL Challenger Series to Contender <laughs> Series. Yeah. What is your excitement for Road to UFC? I, I think it's cool, man. I think it's a cool concept. We haven't seen tournament style stuff in the UFC in quite some time, um, and being that they're really trying to you know, segment that Asian market and blast into there and find legit prospects, I think is what makes this show unique. I think it's what makes it cool. So it is very exciting. It's not Dana White contender series level of exciting. Cause I think it's just, it's a little bit lesser known. Like it's still great young talent, but it's not like we've seen them in LFA or like even some that have been in the PFL, so on and so forth. And there are a lot of them are just very young but it is above the challenger series from the PFL as well. It's a perfect middle ground. I'll give it like a, like a seven. Is it um, above, I think it's cool. Is it above modern day ultimate fighter? Being that I haven't watched any of season 30, I would have to say yes. Coming from the, the <laughs> ultimate fighter guy, I'm going to say yes right now. Um, of course, Noah, if Habib and Tony get to coach it, then I'll have. To- oh, don't even don't even. <laughs> I figured I'd give you a little tickle there, but yeah. I think it's a cool concept, tournament style. Do, I might be putting you on the spot. I didn't get to watch any of this live, by the way, just mm. hindsight. I saw a lot of clips and whatnot. But um, second round details, when-ish, do we know? Yeah, They're just late. All I know is later in the year. Okay. Um, I So by my, I guess, this, what I'm assuming is going to happen, because we're down to, Wait, how many fighters are we down? It would to? be sixteen, right? Yeah, we're down to sixteen. So I think they'll do. If they're going to do four more episodes and do four fights apiece. Mm-hmm. Then what's that going to take us down to? <laughs> the we well, you just we keep halving it. So 32, yeah. 16, 8, 4, 2. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, we're good at math. So, so that's all I can say. That you wanted my thoughts. There it was. It was okay. Beep boop, beep boop. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Um, 
but no, I, I know they said later in the year. I don't know if they'll be going back to Singapore for the rest of those. Yeah, so that's interesting. Uh, maybe try to do it stateside. I would say it'd probably be easier for them to go to Singapore and continue that. Yeah. And the, bring all of those Asian fighters over to America. That's a lot of traveling to have to right. coordinate. So maybe the finals will be like on one of the fight. That's true. Cards. That's yeah. a possibility. I would say since in the past when they did like a road to UFC thing previously, that's kind of what they did. Um, all in all, I, I watched the first episode. I fell asleep during the second, not a knock on the show itself, just because I... Long night. It, it was last night when I tried to watch it, and I was just too tired. Um, it's fine. Look, it's Contender Series, but with all Asian fighters, which is fine. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's cool. Uh, but, you know, <laughs> that's really... Actually, it doesn't feel as prestigious as Contender Series. Like, you don't feel <clears throat> right. the level of talent is at the same level because um, when you stick to one part of the world just you know it's a little bit more diluted than the contender series which takes from anywhere and everywhere but I thought the, the fights were okay the first fight was the best fight the very first fight of this whole ordeal was the best fight I had seen across an episode and a half so mm -hmm. um I, I do think that there's some decent fights going on, but uh, is it something that I'm necessarily going to like, you know, am I going to care too much about when the finals pop up and stuff? I mean, I'll probably watch it, but I don't know if I'll be that invested, but it's above, I mean, anything is above Challenger Series. Gum on the bottom of your shoe is above <laughs> Challenger Series, and yeah. honestly, gum on the bottom of your shoe might be above the Ultimate Fighter at this point, but... <laughs> Um, if unless Tony and Habib coach, then maybe I'll be interested. But uh, yeah, <laughs> unlike Dom, who tried to tell me that right. Amanda and Juliana are the best tough coaches of all time, and <laughs> hasn't watched a single episode. The Go to the last you, bullet. The hills, the hills you're willing to die on, my friend. You, uh, last bullet here. <laughs> Yeah, this, this one was this fucking. One go, this one goes to Dom right away. Oh yeah, um, yeah. Dom is the one that demanded this be on the script today. Uh, we're talking about BKFC. That's right, bare knuckle fighting championship. Mm -hmm. They are going to London in August, uh, following the footsteps of the UFC. So they'll be making a big splash there for their twenty seventh uh, numbered event. And Dominic, they got a pretty big headliner. Yeah. MVP from Bellator will be taking on former UFC welterweight Mike Platinum Perry. Is this the kind of fight that's going to make you watch BKFC? Absolutely not. Um, will not be watching this fight, but I'm shocked. You were, you were very blank. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but still, though, let's not go over the fact that this is two combat sports organizations co-promoting being in talks with one another for Ooh. Bellator to give MVP like, Hey, go do bare knuckle. And apparently he's done boxing one-offs, which I didn't yeah. know that to I be fair, but um, for them to send him over there and bare knuckle against a former UFC guy and Mike Perry, it almost feels like they're trying to get a little like, Oh, our guys beating former UFC guy kind of thing. But uh, it's interesting. I think it's a unique collab if you want to put it that way, like they say in the music world. So, yeah, we'll see. 
It's in London. Good Boy. for MVP home home country. Can, can I say something? And I mean it with no like no disrespect, like no uh, uh-huh. you know no offense. There we go. Yeah. If I say no offense, then anything I say can't you can't get mad at me for. Okay? Of course, right? Uh, you just had like two really bad takes in like a minute. <laughs> Like, you had two of the, the worst takes you've ever had in a minute, and you didn't even realize it. I love that for me. So, so, <laughs> so let's see. Where, where, where was the – now I'm forgetting your takes here. So, uh, okay, thanking that they put this fight together to, like, be like, yeah, UFC, look, we can beat your guys. Okay, well, MVP, former Bellator title challenger Mike Perry – was let go or uh, did not get re-signed to the yeah. UFC. Not quite sure that that's what they're really going for there. And, uh, well, I guess it wasn't really a bad take, but you were just incorrect in that this is not being co-promoted. This is just... They're sharing go. their guy. It's, yeah, you but know. I mean, they're, they're just let... It's the same as Eagle FC having that Mamadov. It wasn't co-promoted. It just... All right, I used the wrong word, Noah. You got sorry. Let me, but sorry, I used the wrong word. It wasn't a terrible take. It was just a bad take. (laughs) It was wrong. wrong. (laughs) But no, Dominic, I still love you. But I, you know what? This main event, I will say, I saw it. I was completely shocked by it. Yeah. (laughs) But I won't deny that it didn't at least somewhat pique my interest. It made me share the graphic with you. You know? Are you are, are on you my still, end? Are you still like in the camp of like? Are you big anti BKFC still? Yeah, I just don't really care for it. Basically, is all. Like, what's your what's your thing? Is it is it too violent for you? Like, what? I feel like, like not that it's mixed martial arts. It's it's fight bare knuckle fighting. But I feel like where the UFC once was and all the shit that they had to go through to bring MMA to where it is today. But then we're doing bare knuckle one offs on the side that is taking us back essentially to what we were. So you, so you feel like they're almost working against what the yeah. UFC spends so much time. And MMA in general, like all these promotions, yeah. Bellator, right. PFL, all of them. Yeah, I just yeah. that's well. All. I mean, I I think that's a that's a fair point because I mean, you did have someone die who fought for yeah. Them, who was <laughs> not to mention that who was very outmatched and shouldn't have been in that fight anyways. Um, I will say that BKFC, at first I was very, I was pretty much the same level that you are. And I do think that some of the decisions they've made over, that I've heard about over the last few months, again, I've never watched one of their events, but it's it's at least made me go, okay, they're kind of self-aware about how they're, you know, you know, they're, they kind of know their place right. in, the, in the combat sports world. And I kind of respect that, that self-awareness. Like, I feel like they're much more self-aware than, like, Bellator is, or, like, uh, or what what the fuck was that, uh, the Triller, like, you know, yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. So, I, I, I've gotten to the point where, like, I'm kind of happy that they have, that they're, that there's a place for some of these guys to go to, these guys that are, like, still pretty much wanting to fight in good shape, but, you know, do a lot of these guys should they be fighting like should Tiago Alves should some of these guys really still be fighting maybe not but yeah you know it gives them another career after their MMA career to go to make and, some money you know it's it's a bit bare knuckles a bit brutal for my taste like yeah 
yeah. the the damage is a little more noticeable and stuff but you know uh, I've got to a point where I, I accept it I don't know if I'm ever going to be at a point where I'm going to be like a fan or watching yeah. it but I will admit I, I may check out this main event just because it's like wow what a weird one yeah, yeah for sure so uh, let's get into some fight announcements. We do have a couple of those. And uh, th this first one's still not confirmed, more of a rumor right now. But uh, Dominic is Mystic Mystic D right yeah, there. Yeah, that's right. Um, Alex Perez lost his fight. Dominic said, why not give him Pantoja? And the UFC said, well, we agree. So <laughs> they Alexand tuned in. <laughs> Alexandre Pantoja versus Alex Perez is in the works for UFC 277 at the end of July. Yeah. This is a rematch. This sure. is the match that earned Perez a title fight in the first place when he quite impressively cut down Pantoja with leg kicks. I said, Dominic, on the episode that Pantoja was sitting at home like, boy, babe. <laughs> Like grabbing his thigh, his, his calf, as you wanted this match to be made. But no, maybe not. Maybe yeah. he's just game for it and says, I can I can do better this time. Yeah. What do you think of this fight? I, I do think it's a fun fight. I just want to see both guys fight in general. <laughs> so if this is what it's got to be, a rematch from not too long ago, that's what it's got to be. I mean, Pantoja's uh, had a great win since that loss. Perez fought for the title and lost and hasn't fought since, but he's had 27 uh, canceled fights so yeah number six versus number three gets a chance to still kind of keep relevance get back into the top uh top five there on a pay-per-view card sign me up also during the broadcast mm -hmm. we had a pretty big one announced for uh -huh. the second time in the ufc's history it'll be going to utah yeah salt lake city first time fun fact august 6 2016 yeah, yeah. Fight night card, too. Yep. Uh, Yair Rodriguez versus Alex Caceres. Wow. What a weird one that was. Right? Yeah. It was a good fight. But anyways, main event, UFC 278 in Salt Lake City, Utah. Yeah. Will be for the best in the sport <laughs> title. Yeah. Kamaru Usman headlining his welterweight title will be on the line. And it'll be against a familiar foe, Leon Edwards. Dominic and the rest of the Leon Edwards fan club can stand proud. They stood by their man. They said he needs to hold out for a title fight. And here he is. About a year from when he fought Nate Diaz, he will be fighting for the welterweight title. Does he, do you feel like justice has been served here, Dominic? Yes. I mean, in the great words of Josh from Drake and Josh, nothing bad ever happens in Utah, baby, because <laughs> Leon Edwards... <laughs> Got the title. I don't shot. even remember that quote, but I can just hear Josh <laughs> saying it in my head. Um, well, where are you gonna go? Utah. <laughs> and why Utah? Cause nothing bad ever happens in Utah. He finally gets the title shot, man. Kamaru, the best pound for pound fighter in the world. It's so funny that it is happening in Salt Lake City, Utah. That is very. Very unique. I'm crying right now. But I'll be curious to see what else they put on this card. But, I mean, obviously, this is a great title fight. It's the one that should happen next. It's a rematch. Leon Edwards has not lost a fight since he fought Kamaru Usman in 2015, I think is when it was, 2016. 
Um, and Usman's went on a tear. Obviously, he's never lost in the UFC. If he wins this fight, he will tie Anderson Silva's win streak record of 16, which is saying a lot, ladies and gentlemen. There's a lot riding in Salt Lake City. So you're telling me was was that that that's got to be a clip or Josh, oh it's going to be in here don't worry well yeah no but I mean if I remember right is Josh like freaking out and he's like yes I'm going to go to Utah nothing bad ever happens in Utah that's got to be it right precisely yes yeah okay. and you the way he says it was essentially just like that yeah. see we I did I didn't remember it but then once you said it it, it popped into the yeah. brain <laughs> also you know. Classic one-liner Drake. I always—I don't know why this line always sticks out to me. When they're going to that wedding, and the mom says, "Drake, don't eat a hot dog when you're wearing a tuxedo." And he goes, "This hot dog is not wearing a tuxedo." <laughs> Classic. That's one of my all-time um, favorite shows. <laughs> so this this fight—I mean, look, guys—I I know me and Leon Edwards have had a complicated relationship. Dare I say, he may also if he saw me on the street, be like, it's on site. You got a couple interesting relationships in this 170-pound division. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's, that's very true. Um, I'm not against Leon Edwards getting the title fight by any means. I yeah. think that he has the win streak. He, I, I know this fight's happened before, but he hasn't lost since that fight, and that was, I guess, about six years ago now, maybe. So, for that reason, and I, I mean... The win streak's been solid. He beat Nate Diaz. He beat RDA, guys like that. I have no problem with it. So I'm not even going to go into kind of what my complicated relationship with him is because of. Because the the title fight looks like it's going to happen. And, I, you know, as it gets closer, I do kind of start to believe in Leon Edwards' chances a little bit more. Just mm. a little bit. Not to the point where um, it's a bit like Tyler Santos. Like, yeah, I was like, you know, I think there's a good reason to believe that she was Valentina's toughest fight. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I can't really say the same for Leon against Kamaru because you know Colby Covington's given him such tough fights. Yeah. And, I mean, you, you even got Gilbert Burns dropping him in a fight. But Leon has, is fighting Kamaru at an interesting time in Kamaru's career. Kamaru has admitted that he, he is wanting to spend more time with his family, with his daughter, uh, raising her and whatnot. And then he's also calling for a boxing fight with Canelo Alvarez at the same time, which we can all make fun of. But I think he's dead serious on wanting that fight. Yeah. Coming off injury, too. Surgery. And, and look, we just said, we were speculating, the moment that these fighters, it seems to always happen this way, the moment these fighters start kind of looking at these greener pastures, Valentina started yeah. doing it. Yeah. Talking about going up and fighting Pena or Nunes and look at what just happened. I'm not saying that's why it happened, but it just seems like it's always a sign that either, whether it's a loss or a, or a uh, reality check maybe, Kamar Usman might be in store for one. He's going up against a really good boxer and Leon Edwards. You want to box? Well, here's an MMA boxer. and uh, Yeah. yeah. You be careful what you wish for. If he's going to try to box with him for five rounds, it may not be as uh, easy as you would think. There it is. Salt Lake City, Utah, baby. Let's Salt go. Lake City. Uh, now let's get into the rest of uh, UFC 275. A lot more to talk about here. Jake Matthews, the Celtic kid. I mean, talk Holy about a standout. Shit. If you want to go off a standout, if you go past those first three fights and, like, 
a standout performance of the night. He took on Andre Fialo, who was uh, Dominic's biggest story in 2022. <laughs> it was a bigger story than Will Smith slapping Chris Rock in Dom's eyes, you know, yep. that. Yep. God, I'm really laying. I'm really laying. It's all right. I'm soaking it like a sponge, baby. <laughs> okay, gonna walk past that one. <laughs> um, but Jake Matthews, never to be deterred, takes Dude. advantage of the opportunity and not just knocks out Andre Fialo, but completely pummels him yes. for a round and a half. Uh, we thought. Jake Matthews' route to victory here was to use his strength and grapple no shit. Andre Fialo. But his striking is the best I've ever seen of him. Yes. And I'm ready to say, give him a top 15 opponent. This was that impressive to me. Yeah, th- this was unreal. I mean, we're talking he fought over a year ago. It was Sean Brady. Nobody's ever beaten Sean Brady, right? He's undefeated. So he takes this long layoff. He's been getting better from all signs. He's been getting better during these layoffs. We were talking about that inactivity throughout this such a strange career for Jake Matthews, um, just in terms of the length and how young he still is. To do this to Andre Fialho, who had so much momentum, who carries so much power in his hands, Jake Matthews never looked worried. He never even hardly got hit in this fight outside of the couple crazy exchanges to finish the first round. He looked crisp, strong. The movement, I mean, it was a damn near flawless performance. It shocked me. I couldn't believe how good it was. For a guy that is known for his takedowns, as Noah said, who has gotten finishes, but it's ground and pound or it's via submission, to do this on the feet against a, such a dangerous opponent, top 15 all day. I agree with you 100%. I mean, that was an awesome performance. That He really seems to be filling out now at 27 yes. years old. Not only does he look big, I mean, he's huge for this division. Ripped. But- I mean, if if the we already know that his wrestling is great, yeah, and if this performance is anything to go off of, this is a well-rounded guy here. This is oh, a dangerous yeah. threat for this division, mm. and it, it just you know maybe we were just a little too enamored with the story of Andre Fialo, but make no mistake, Fialo was a game opponent here who was oh yeah had all the momentum, all the the who's who in the UFC kind of riding with them. Jake Matthews upset a lot of people last night. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Upset, you know, betting wise kind of thing, you know, not, including not us too, but a lot of players. others as well. Our opener of the main card, Jack Della Maddalena, Jackie Moon himself. He didn't let us down. At least no, he gets the first round TKO of Ramazan Amib. Two minutes thirty two seconds of the first round. Uh, Dominic, your thoughts on? Jackie Moon's performance. Well, like I said, betting-wise, he didn't let us down, but he made it scary, right? We had some asshole clinching going on because he was in a tight anaconda choke. Tight! But the fact that he stayed so composed, he did what he needed to do to defend, gets out so good, gets back to the feet, and on the... Dude, his boxing, I mean, it's unreal. He's so crisp and just Amiv landed precise. a couple good shots early, Amiv too, did so, land good shots. So, you know, Jack, you know, he had to work for this, but for yes. two and a half minutes, I mean, you can't say that he, you know, anything else, but what an exciting young fighter for this division. Yeah, and so many people were saying they were surprised by this matchmaking, which I understand. You got a young guy. He's on a tear. He's from the contender. They, they, He, he should have gotten, like, an easier matchup. I was all for this matchup, giving him something hard in his second UFC fight, and to pass it like he did? I mean, come on, man. This dude, legit prospect right now at 170. Yeah, someone, though, fucked up, Dom, because 
when they show Ramazan Amiv in the cage, and that left side of his torso. Yeah, dude, what was that? Was completely red. I went, that's not normal. Yeah. The story that I heard on Twitter, and you know, it's unverified sources here, I'm sure. So I kind of just read this and moved on. But apparently, the rumor is is that uh, Amiv was taking like a nap outside, mm-hmm. and he had himself covered with like towels. And then someone moved one of the towels that was covering his side. And it gave him sunburn. That was a sunburn? Oh. That's what I that's what I read. Wow. That was a pretty gnarly sunburn. I so was wondering. Pretty... It was such a weird spot. Yeah, and when I because it was only like half the torso. Yeah. yeah. That's what I read. Uh, you know, take that with a grain of salt, but it makes sense. It looked like a sunburn or yeah. something. It, all I know is it was a target. And that's how Jack yeah, yeah. finished the fight, I'm pretty sure. Didn't he finish it with the body shot? He had a nasty body shot to drop him, yes. Yeah. yes. Which I'm not saying is because of the burns. But I will just say, as someone who has had sunburn a couple times, <laughs> if I got punched or kicked where I had it, I'd probably squeal over too. So, yeah. You know, it's yeah. Just, no shame in it. I mean, me and you, we ain't so different. Right, right. Uh, we capped off our prelims with another... Just really good fight here between Josh Kulabal and Sungwoo Choi. Kulabal ends up getting a split decision nod, which I don't think quite tells the story of this fight. Mm-hmm. Because I don't think you can score this fight for Sungwoo Choi yeah. and, and be serious. <laughs> yeah. But both these guys, man, they went for it. That's what I'll say. They really went for it. Uh, Sungwoo Choi showing a hell of a chin, getting dropped multiple times, but being landed on Flush for three rounds straight. Yeah, um, but he, him being just he, every Sungwoo Choi fights a so a fun. fun fight to watch because uh, the guy, much maybe to his detriment, just fights with reckless abandon. And yeah. when he gets hit, he kind of just gets angry and starts charging forward. And that's kind of what he did here, and he had some success when he did that. But ultimately, Josh Kulabal, he looked damn good in this fight. Yeah, this was an interesting performance. Josh, before this, was 1-1-1 one, one, and one in the UFC. Young guy, another Australian. A lot of Australians on this card, too, that I noticed. And uh, he looked great, man. He looked good. The, it was always funny. I remember when we were watching this, I'm like, man, just look at the physiques. Josh just looks like a guy you'd see walking down the street. Sungwoo Choi's built like a fucking statue. He's super tall and long. He's got the nice hair, you know, everything about him. He's tan. And then Josh just uh, puts on such a great performance. Sungwoo Choi has a, a chin made of granite. Uh, it was a, such a fun fight to cap off the prelims. Uh, yeah, I mean, what more can you say? Uh, anybody who took my advice about fading the Contender Series guys may have been screwed over here as Mahishati. Wow. It's the first round, first minute KO of Steve Garcia. A minute, 14 seconds in. Garcia walked right into it, Dom. Yeah, this was the the first of two face plants, obviously the other being Joanna. And this one, that right hand, Mahashate found the opening. Steve walked into it. Bam! Head turned all the way to the side. I mean, it was just one of those like perfect knockouts. That's what this was. But to do it, uh, the third youngest fighter in the UFC, Mahashate. Um, and, you know, he was the first Chinese fighter to ever get a contract from the contender. We know that when they bring in some of these Asian talents, they don't do so hot in the beginning of their careers. So this was such a uh, statement to be had to start your career like that in the UFC. Nine and one now. It was brutal. Brendan Allen 
gets a unanimous decision win over Jacob Malkoon. Didn't make it look easy, but he got the job done. This is one of the only smart bets that I had of the night. Um, this fight did go to distance. Uh, did you agree with the scorecards? Brendan Allen 2-1. There was a lot of controversy on that. I did. Betting bias aside, even. I had Brendan Allen 1-3, round 2 to Malkoon. Round 1 was close. Agree. Round 1 was close, but Brendan had the more damaging shots. He did get top control as well. They were kind of back and forth in the grappling. Fun fight. Nothing like too exciting. Definitely for Brendan Allen's sake, he's usually in these super crazy scraps. But when you're fighting Malkoon, that's how it's going to be. That, that dude has an A game plan, and he does not fade away from it no matter what. Um, and even in this loss, he showed it. So I don't know how high Malku can necessarily go because he's very one-dimensional. Brennan Allen, again, it's a good win regardless, and I still believe him. He's young, 26. Fun fight. Yeah. Semi-fun fight. Yeah. And lastly, didn't Oof. expect to talk about this one on here, but Silvana Gomez-Juarez gets the first-round, first-minute KO of Long Na. Yeah. Minute 22 in, Dominic. Uh, gets her first win in her UFC career. What a way to do it. Yeah, I mean, I I took a risk taking Leong Na as an underdog, knowing that she could probably get knocked out, and she got knocked out. But holy shit, I knew this fight was going to be fun. I knew it wasn't going to go the distance, but the main event just had to go over three and a half rounds. But yeah, this was awesome for Juarez. 37 years old uh, to get a win like that. Nasty, like one punch, legit knockout. It was awesome. So many great fights, man. So Dominic, we're, we're done with uh, the rest. Um, let's talk a little bit about the bet slip. Now, you guys can go look at our, (laughs) you can go look at our graphic. You can go see, you can go do on YouTube. If you're really that interested, you can go see, but here's what I'm going to say. The result for this weekend minus a lot. Yep. Year to date standings less than zero. Yep. That's the reality. Yeah, um, it was our worst night of our betting short, but tumultuous yes. betting history. Yep, it was the only night that has rivaled this for me personally. <laughs> was the infamous Super Bowl weekend? Yeah, yeah, where I went zero and twelve on college basketball. <laughs> Is that still number one? Then I mean, it's yeah. Gotta I mean, be. I, I mean, I think I lost. I mean, I lost triple digits worth of money. Yeah. Yeah. Which for yeah. some people probably were like, oh, these guys, I bet triple digits for every bet I place. Well, okay. Yeah. Cool. So All right. Tough down. guy. Yeah. <laughs> we just started in January, yeah. but, um, I'm going to say it once. I'm going to say it again. We're not professional betters. <laughs> right. It's called the below average bet slip for a reason. We we're just having fun. Yeah, Although, we're learning. Well, I yeah, having, having fun's fun, a bold but... statement. Yeah, we're learning. We're trying to learn. learn. Yes, yeah, we're learning. Yeah, we're gonna stick with it. Yeah, but I'm just gonna be honest. It's not. Good. I know. I know people like okay, professional betters mm-hmm. or people who you know that's what they do as like their podcast or. That's their niche in the UFC. Or even like sell picks, you know? Yeah, you know, there's people who do that. There's people who post their picks for free. Yeah. That's kind of their thing, you know? Yeah. There's a lot of guys we follow on Twitter who do that. Yep. That's great. And uh, I know people hold them to like, you know, you post your your results and 
keep track of your units like you it's a it's a what what's the word like that's the the right thing to do you know yeah it's, look we ain't professionals so i'm fucking doing it <laughs> you're probably not gonna see our results ever again <laughs> we're just gonna we're just gonna skip past that and we'll yeah. just we'll keep putting our bets together you can keep fading us. <laughs> You're going to make so you. much money. <laughs> this week you would have made so much money. <laughs> but uh, all in all, I'm done with year to date, gone. Yeah. It's like what well, back end Excel sheet shit, I'm going to have it there to like look at. Yeah. yeah. But unless we hit 10 straight weeks. Yeah. You guys might not see it for a while. Yeah, we'll put exactly. It Look, you guys can you guys can say. But we're not going to like lie. We're not going to put together false numbers. No, that ain't happening. No, people can say whatever they want. They can say, well, that you know, you you need to stand by it, win or lose. Well, you try losing as much as we've lost, and <laughs> you stand by that. Okay, it's embarrassing, people. We're we're done with it. Look, I we're I get it. we're below average. We're below average, Joe's. Blah blah blah. Well, damn it, I wanted to do good at this. Yeah, I didn't want to lose money. I, I didn't either. I mean, anything else on the bed slip, Don? Was there anything that like kind of stood out or? Yeah, everything. You know what? Actually, you you're the positive one of of our duo here. Mm. Uh, What's the positive spin that you can put on this? Because I think we're all do. We need a little positive spin on this. Hmm. (laughs) Uh, Uh, Anything? Well, I technically hit a parlay. That got fucked up going into it anyway. I should have known from the get-go that was an omen for this whole week when the Manel Cop fight dropped out. Noah hit a plus 150. Half unit. Half half unit. That's it. I don't have anything. Uh, I'm just going to say everything that could have went wrong in terms of like our bets hitting went wrong. Yes. Because I'm going to stick with this. You know what? No, 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 fuck. You said you want some positivity. I'm going to say it right here. I'm standing by it that none of the... I have one bet that I regret. Leong Na Moneyline. That was just a risky one that I felt I wanted to take a chance on. All the other bets, research-backed, I felt confident in every single play. Mm. And it's just a week where none of it mattered. That's the, that's the reality of the game. That's the game we play. Okay, so, well, that wasn't as positive as I thought it was going to be. It wasn't, was it? <laughs> that's all I can do. <laughs> that's it's really the one time that I asked for it. You're like, hey, the best I can do is mid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, okay, Rick Harrison. Like, uh, last time I asked you. Uh, okay, let's uh, let's get into closing statements, Dom. You know how we do things around here. We don't end it with a little uh, see you bye. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, we do, but we we we, st- we end it <clears throat> closing statements. It's the point of the show where me and Dominic get to get anything and everything off our chest, MMA or not, Dominic. Do you have any closing statements for this Monday edition? Noah, you mentioned it at the top. I'm going to bring it back here again. My little sister in her sixth dance recital today on Sunday as we're recording this. I'm excited. I get all emotional and gushy and lovey-dovey when I go see her dance because it's something she's really passionate about, loves to do. She has never done like you know basketball or right. softball, all that stuff. Dance has been her thing for a long time, and we all go there and we watch her. And I feel like a really proud big brother in those moments. 
and I'm really excited to see her do it again today. I know she's going to crush it. That's actually really uh, kind of warms my heart a little bit, but I do have to say I'm also laughing <laughs> on the inside because for one reason, well, guys, you guys don't know this about Dom. I, I do because I've lived with him for multiple years and been around him for such a long time. There is nobody like his, his family's great and they, they very much are very tight and close and connected. And you can tell that Dominic's just a very family oriented guy and you know, the rest of his family is the same way, but it'd be hard to tell that if you went off of how they talk to each other. <laughs> cause, cause anytime I've seen Dominic's mom or call or his dad call, or his sister FaceTime or something. It goes about a minute and a half to two minutes. Yeah. And it's literally Dom answering going, what? And then they'll be like, what are you doing? He's like, uh, playing game or something. Yeah. And they're yeah. like, all right, you, how's school going or something? I'm like, no, it's good. All right, love you, bye. Love yeah. You, bye. yeah. So it's just our phone calls were so opposite. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's true because I'm like the complete opposite, where I have like hour and a half conversations with my mom on the phone. But um, it's just really funny to hear you say that because I know how much you care. I know you're a really good big brother, but I think that it just like (laughs) you just have to know Dom. Yeah, yeah. It's unique. Yeah. Yeah. As for my closing statement, do I have anything? Actually, I'll give a movie recommendation. I went, I didn't realize that there was a movie theater like five minutes from my apartment. Nice. Which is really nice. Real new uh, uh, theater. It's called a um, Escape. Like it's the letter X, then Escape oh. Theater. They, okay. they, they spelled it like it's the late 90s and Limp Biscuits, like, <laughs> the charts here, that yeah. Kind of stuff. Um, but they had uh, they, they they do this thing. They have extreme showings of their movies. So mm. I went and saw an extreme showing of Top Gun Maverick. So I went and nice. saw Top Gun. Uh, highly recommend it. I give it nine point one out of ten. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So I, that's what that that's saying cool. a lot for those that don't know from Noah. Like this dude knows movies. That's that's big. Yeah, it's it is a perfect kind of summer blockbuster, like pump your fist in the air type yeah. movie. The the any scenes involving flying are thrilling. Uh, the characters are great. I mean, the story is great. It's it's just a really good movie. Um, it's doing really well right now. Obviously, mm-hmm. um, this might be if knowing that now that there's a movie theater that close to me. Um, it might get a little dangerous this summer. I might, I might be oh, man. Up to theater a lot. You know, I was actually Dominic. I walked out of my showing and I got out of there. Probably like it was a six forty-five showing. I probably was walking out right around nine o'clock, and there was a nine thirty showing of the new Jurassic World. And oh. I was very close to literally turning around, <laughs> going back to the box office and buying another ticket. But I said, oh, I don't know if I can do that. That's a lot of. That's a yeah. lot of it's a lot of sitting in a theater, you know. Time. Yeah, yeah. But um, my dad wants to go see the new Elvis movie when that comes out. Okay. When uh, he comes July 4th weekend, which I know you guys don't know this, but my very original first move, uh, music, like, guy, the guy that I was, like, 
thought was the man was Elvis Presley. Yeah. Do you remember that Dom about me? Do you remember that? I remember you telling me that. Yeah. Well, it was in tattoo discussion talks, if I'm not mistaken, either. Oh, yeah. I guess it was. So, third, yeah. Fourth, third, fourth grade uh, was kind of when I first started to really appreciate music. Mm-hmm. And I remember a lot of people back then, I was when like Eminem was where yep. like, these young kids, we were like, who were you listening to in third and fourth grade? It was like ACDC? Like, yeah, I was rock as a young kid. Yeah. Okay. Like, I remember Lil Wayne, Eminem being very popular. And yeah, like ACD, because that's where I went into after that. But basically, it started with Elvis Presley. My family took a trip to Graceland, his home, ah. so, for a vacation. Like, I was like, I mean, I'm telling you, obsessed with Elvis Presley. You know, Dominic, how I get on my on my obsessions. Yes. Like, yes. it may not last forever, but for when I'm in it, I'm in it 110. percent Yes. Then I kind of transition to like 80s, 90s rock, ACDC, Guns and Roses, you know, that kind of stuff. Yeah. And then I just went on a lot of different directions. It got really weird there. People, <laughs> like, the rap stuff was weird. It, it got it got weird for a second. Yeah. But, yeah. Um. But yeah, uh, weird tangent. Go see Top Gun Maverick. <laughs> yeah, so. bring it back. <laughs> I guess the extreme showing. They they say I didn't really know by the description. It didn't really tell me like what makes it extreme. Like an extreme. Well, it's it's so it's a four K projector, which I don't know if that's any different than normal theaters. But um, I guess what it is is that they have the biggest screen of any theater. Mm. And now, side to side, I couldn't really tell a difference. I haven't been to a movie, by the way, since I saw Us in 2019. Wow. I don't know if anybody remembers that movie, but it's very good. Um, but yeah, 2019 was the last time I saw a movie in theater. So it was like the first time post-COVID you mm-hmm. know, to see one. Um, but I could tell by how tall it was. This oh. Was so tall. That, uh, yeah, it was a good way to watch a movie. That was a nice way to spend a couple hours. Nice. So, yeah, make sure everybody go check it out. Yeah, hell yeah. But, uh, Dominic, my name's Noah. Yeah. Your name is Dominic. Right. Our name is the Below Average Joes. And we will see you guys on Thursday.